Joe, how did Helen Keller burn her face? She answered the iron. So that doesn't work. Let me explain. Okay. She's deaf. No, but there's nothing to answer. Okay, okay. She's deaf. But they have uh, um, different things that would, you know, maybe she had a vibrator. What did she have, like lights or something? Right. Or? Yeah, they, they flashed off and on. They had a vibrating iron? Right, You exactly. want to tell that joke again? All right. Yes, I do. Shut up, because it's a two-parter. Just play along. Joe, how did Helen Keller burn her face? How? She answered the iron. How did she burn the other side? How? They called back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Jacques. I'm Joe. And welcome to Carnival Personnel. I, it was three or four weeks ago I threw out Helen Keller joke, and you said it's Helen Keller joke month, so mm-hmm. I figured I'm just... I'm no, just no, gonna... no, I said it was Helen Keller month. Oh, Helen, okay. We're supposed to honor her, you know. I think I am. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. That's not as good as her dog. As long as you think it, it's true. <laughs> oh. Isn't that how... Truth works now? So, I, I believe so. But, but I'm going to make a definitive statement now that I'm going to deny ever having said, <laughs> tell you that you're fake news and say something completely different tomorrow. Um, you know, before, before we even dive into it, you do not like my moxie. I dislike your moxie. Uh, what I'm talking about, of course, is the diet moxie that Jacques bought at a convenience store on his way here. If you haven't noticed, we eat and drink on the air. We think that it adds to the experience of being here if you hear us digesting, you know, uh, what's it called? Masticulating or well, plus uh, masticating. When you hear us masticating on a microphone with various chocolates and chips and dips and drink. And this time Jacques decided, hey, this looks stupid. Let me <laughs> exactly. buy this. That's exactly what It's I a thought. white can that says Diet Moxie on the side, and it tastes like store-brand Tylenol. It's awful. And Mixed with chocolate. <laughs> I, I like the young Perry Mason on the side there. Right. <laughs> and Joe's, I'm like, I don't even know why I bought it. And Joe, and you said, what? Because you thought it would be funny. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, if there was a can that said shit on it, you would buy, like, two cases of it for fear of selling out. <laughs> um. We're going to mention Biff a few times because uh, I got into a conversation uh, on the way here that that Biff was calling us out for not mentioning a couple um, facts on the <laughs> uh, on the other side. I think saying we're not uh, we're not uh, what 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 is what is it and bias or uh, what was we're it unbiased? What 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 is a Fox News logo? Oh, or, fair and balanced. Fail and balanced because failing. No, we are we're we are fail. we're failing. Yeah, we're fail and balanced. Uh, that 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 is so true. Um, no, we're fail unbalanced. So, but 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 we'll get into that. But it's funny because Biff accidentally, I was just showing Joe a picture. Accidentally sent me um, a, there was a box that came that was meant for somebody else, but he didn't change the address on uh, on Amazon last time he used it. And I showed Joe the picture, and it turns out, it turns out it's for a watch display, and you thought it was maybe... Like a Matchbox car and, holder. And I thought it was, like, for figurines and stuff right, like so that. It's not big enough for, like, action figures. <laughs> and I point out that, like, you know, it was for Biff's son, who's more mature than us, that he would be... Doing it for it's a watch display thing, and I said, you know, our white trash blue collar DNA, and you were like, no, that's how childish we are. Like we can't get past like anything that you can't buy at a Toys R Us. Like why would you put why it in this case? Exactly. Yeah, because because in that case you can't possibly get figurines in there in their box, which is making like Jacques doesn't have a wallet because he doesn't know what to put in it. 
because he can't fit baseball cards in there. He, <laughs> you know? Well, plus, you know, you don't need the lucky rubber anymore. Right. You bend your Pokemon cards. It doesn't fit. They don't fit. No. And then no. the edges. and That's stupid. Back. What a dumb device. <laughs> Who needs that? <clears throat> so uh, anybody who listened to last week's Sideshow... Joe, that was hysterical. That was a lot of fun. Thank you again for saying, after a year plus doing this, hey, let's do a Mel Brooks sideshow. Well, I think uh, I think it was about time that we talked about something funny, even though we weren't funny talking about it. But you can't not be have fun talking about Mel Brooks. It helps with the pre-recorded clips by done by professional <laughs> comedians. What? Uh, and speaking of that. So it's just serendipitous. I, I don't know if that's Whoa. the word. But I get home, and like two days later on the Netflix, like, you might like this thing, mm. was a documentary that came out a couple years ago that I think they just got the rights of that I didn't see. And I think I sent it to you. Um, Last laugh? That- yeah. And it's it's basically... It wasn't funny, funny, but it was comedians talking about what is funny and what is not funny and why it's okay. And I, I didn't agree with everything, but some were, you know, there were some people like it kept <laughs> the unfunny part is it kept flashing back to this Holocaust survivor going to like Holocaust survivor speaking engagements, cutting back and forth between Mel Brooks talking about why Hitler is funny. And what was interesting, and I've never noticed this. But at the same time, I'm watching that. Joe, you you stumbled upon how did you find the the Mel Brooks rap? Uh, you know, a professional broadcaster when preparing for a Mel Brooks podcast would do the research prior to the podcast. You know, look up l- clips of Mel Brooks, maybe see some interviews, find out some nuggets of information that maybe not we well known to the public and incorporate that into your own broadcast. Not me. I listen to the podcast that we shuffled through, stumbled through, if you will. And then afterwards, I'm like, that sounded funny. I'm going to go on YouTube and find some funny clips of Mel Brooks. And then I looked up Mel Brooks on YouTube, found an interview of him with uh, Johnny Carson. Like he took over the whole Tonight Show one day. In 1975, but then in the suggested videos was Hitler rap, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Because it had Mel Brooks in, and I'm like, that's Mel Brooks dressed as Hitler, surrounded by S&M looking Third Reich models with whips. Uh, what the hell is this? So I click on it, and apparently, I don't know if it was this tied in with To Be and Not To Be, that movie that he did with Anne Bancroft. I couldn't quite tell, but it was him rapping as Hitler. It was like an 80s, probably like mid-80s rap. And it was really well done. Like, you know, there were some shitty raps done for Robin Hood Men in Tights that maybe don't stand the test of time. I think this one did. Or or the... uh Oh, the Super Bowl shuffle. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. Well, no. How dare you, sir? (laughs) But the interesting thing is as many times as Mel has, you know, donned the... uh, the mustache, he will not wear a SWAT sticker in, in all his, in all his uh, doings. And, and the, uh, the highlight for me watching this is a cut back and forth between Rob Reiner and Gilbert Gottfried telling the same joke. So what, they weren't in the same room telling it, but they were both explaining, you know, how, how humor, like ironic humor. And I was going to use it for the opening one, but 
and I will, I'll throw it out there, and I, I know I'm going to butcher it, but there are these two, you know, you know, Jewish uh, guys who are sent out to assassinate Hitler, and they got great information. He is going to be at his house at 8 o'clock on this day. So they get there really early. They're hiding in the bushes, and, you know, they go radio silence, and it's getting closer and closer to 8 o'clock, and they're, they're getting ready. They're all prepared. And he doesn't show, and now it's 8.15, now it's 8.20, now it's 8.30, and they call headquarters, and they're like, hey, are you sure this is happening? And they're like, radio silence, he must be late, we know he's going to be there. And then another half hour goes by, and then another half hour, and then you know one of the assassins looks to the other and goes, oh, he's two hours late, I hope nothing happened. <laughs> and it's so, but you know, of course, Gilbert and Rob Reiner telling it was, was yes, the, it's funnier in the original Jewish. But then, then they went back and forth, and it was like almost like, well, we're Jewish, so we can tell these jokes. This is our N word, kind of. You know, yeah, I mean, thing. obviously, it all depends on context. Context is key when it comes to comedy. Not everybody can do, you know. Um, I love black people, but I hate, <laughs> you know, you can't, not everybody can t- uh, see the office. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, and, and it was, what was interesting was, again, the, you know, the old adage, it's what is comedy and they're all breaking it down. It's tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yeah. And then, uh, then they were talking like the gallows humor that they, you know, the stories that came out of Holocaust victims, like the gallows humor that they had in there that was survival, yeah. you know, techniques and stuff like that. Um, you know, you know, this lady was talking, and, and then we segued off of Mel Brooks, but the lady was talking about how they, they, had, they got these physicals from the camp doctor, and they thought, well, this is the most absurd thing ever. It's like, why would you care if I have scoliosis? It's like, because the doctor was like, hey, after the war, you might want to look at this. It's like, 50-50, I lived through the night, and you were worried about medical treatment I should follow up on after the war. I think it was more of an expediting thing. Right. So it was, uh, but the Mel, but saying, getting back on the Mel Brooks thing, that was, it was really, it was, it was a lot of fun. But then in the next day, like you say, I, I stumble upon this documentary, and you go looking for more information after. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll take this opportunity to sort of break up this entire list of topics that you had written down, and I don't see it on here, because I don't read it, but today that we're recording, Friday, is Norman Lear's 96th birthday. Dates on the book. Yes, dates on the book. Seriously, I'm bringing it up, because apparently he may, he's making a deal with Sony, and I guess is in talks to maybe revive like All in the Family and Maud and... Other like Jeffersons. Well, because one day at a time, I guess it, it, that's on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I think it's in its second season, and it's doing well. Right, uh, right. I mean, because he, he and it was funny. He was um, he was quick to jump on the. Hey, if you if you're looking for a reboot and Roseanne isn't your thing, maybe <laughs> check out. And they took him up on him on that offer. So um, I, honestly, I, I would be very interested. I mean, it might not be obviously it's not going to match in quality. What came out Shock in the seventh value. Originally, yeah, just the perfect time, perfect everything, perfect storm. For and again, it goes back to tragedy and timing. I mean, they dealt with lots of tragic topics and built comedy around it. And it, you know what, comedy is a coping mechanism for a lot of people. I mean, you know, I'm sure. I don't know how many funerals you've been to, but I'm sure that there are times where 
you the place you kind of need a laugh the most is when you're feeling the most uh, tragic. I remember it's a very old joke, but I used it at the right time. Uh, my grandfather, at my grandfather's funeral was hysterical. You know, like very, very, very hysterical. He had three sons. <clears throat> One of them's kind of a black sheep of the family who's been in and out of the pictures over like literally the last 60 years. And, you know, I my cousin Mary was really upset. And I told her, you know, the story. It's like that the grandpa, when he was on his deathbed, had asked each of his sons, it's like, hey, you know, at my wake, slip a hundred bucks in there just in case you need a little walking around money in heaven. So Uncle Bud, the oldest, went up first, nailed down, said his little prayer over him, you know, slipped a hundred bucks in his left pocket. My Uncle Dennis, the middle son, he went next, said his little prayer, said his goodbye, slipped a hundred bucks in the right pocket. My Uncle Gary went up last, you know, said his little prayer, took the hundred dollars out of his left pocket and the hundred dollars out of his right pocket, wrote a check for three and put it in his hands. <laughs> my cousin Mary just thought because and, and the thing is, that's something my uncle Gary would do, you know. Um what's the right way to say dirtbag? But anyways, uh but at the at the funeral it was and it it went from hysterically laughing to crying type thing. Uh to wrap up on that same note, Google or YouTube the Graham Chapman funeral, Monty Python. Um, Graham Chapman was the, the, the one, to this day, he's the only dead Monty Python member. Um, but they televised his funeral, and John Cleese spoke, and it was, but it's all fucking hilarious, and, but it's a funeral. You know, I mean, um, you know, there's, there is a place for comedy in context with tragic things, so... I don't know how we're getting onto this topic. Well, when the, our, our, our podcast would be Tragedy. considered tragic. And then when like, are we going to have comedy? Oh, yeah. So like five years from now, we'll do a podcast about this podcast and have a grand old time. <laughs> Tune in. <coughs> so on lighter news, I thought that was interesting. How's your tuberculosis, by the way? Your yeah, I, am. It's, <laughs> I opened the, I, you know, I opened and the then, door in influenza. <laughs> hey, oh, hope the non-filtered air down here is <coughs> helping out. Anyway. Get some moxie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Have your moxie. You're not drinking your moxie. It it's been four hours. Drink your moxie. Like medicine, <laughs> like low rent. You want mine? Like the discount one. Um, I tell you, right. go ahead. Joe Rogan. Speaking about people who can speak. Joe Is, Rogan or Seth Rogan? Uh, I think it's Joe Rogan. Oh, because you have Seth Rogan. Oh, because I'm stupid. Then we'll have to look that up. Um, I'll look that up. Well, no, I mean, if it's the Canadian guy, it's Seth, Ro- it's Seth Rogan. I thought Joe-, Joe Rogan was also Canadian. Oh, was he? Okay. He's yeah. the one. Joe Rogan's got the podcast. Seth Rogan's the movie guy. He does. So we'll move on real A. quick. A. Rogan has what? Uh, no, no. I don't okay. want to bring All up right. the voice of Vancouver if I got the wrong Rogan. I can look it up real quick. Um, but I will go on to... The interesting thing, um, Gunn, who who directed um, Guardians of the Galaxy James 1 Gunn. and 2, whose brother is also in the movies, and is a hysterical character, I guess got fired by Disney for tweets from, what, like five, six, six or seven years ago? Did you follow that? Yeah, I know the story a little bit. So Mike Cernovich is some right-wing, like, nut. He's like this blogger or whatever the fuck. And he made it his mission. It's Seth Rogen, by the way. Um, so More sense. <laughs> he, um, he made it his mission to, to go out and basically take down all of these. Like he's, it was a hit job. He's targeting 
left-leaning celebrities for, you know, who are edgy, you know, edgy comedic guys who are successful in entertainment <clears throat> and uh, probably have a left-leaning voice and uh, attacking them and, you know, drumming up this fake outrage against them for shit that they've said in the past on social media that is questionable, is, is a gray area when it comes to appropriateness. Is he looking for false equivalency? Well, you, right, the whole Roseanne thing. Well, you know, if Roseanne uh, fucking said this and got fired, then why can't, you know, Disney, how could you be aligned with James Gunn, who between 2008 and 2011 posted tweet jokes about uh, pedophilia and uh, child pornography or whatever the hell. And, you know, there was a little bit of a groundswell around that right-wing following that Mike Cernovich has, or Chernovich, and... Apparently, Disney kind of caved and said, yeah, we, we don't feel that James Gunn's v- values align with ours, and we're no longer associated with James Gunn, and he's no longer associated with us. And who came to speak, uh, or who spoke up most on his behalf, which I thought was interesting, was Bobcat Goldthwait, mm-hmm. who flat out was like, fuck you, Disney. It's like, look at my comedy. Look at the things I've done and said on a regular basis. It's like you're pulling a couple things out of context that, you know, you want to say are, are taboo humor, but yet you've hired me to do. And he's, I mean, and the good thing about the, the, the impressive thing about Bobcat is it's not like he's saying, uh, well, Disney 20 years ago put out Police Academy 14. He's working with them now. And he's like, how do you, how would, how can you say I'm okay if this guy isn't? It's like, don't you know, you can't pick and choose like that. And if, if somebody was to be fired off of a Disney thing, it would be me. I think that's nice. Um, and yeah, obviously it's a hit job. It's not the same as Roseanne. Um, Disney was kind of dumb to hire Roseanne in the first place. And I've, I've kind of heard sentiments about how it's kind of hypocritical for the cast of Roseanne to even align themselves and ignore Roseanne's past misgivings when it came time to cashing a check. And, okay, there's something to be said about that, but there's also, you know, okay, it maybe they decided within Roseanne's case that she had paid her debt or dues or whatever, or she had since atoned for her sins, or or they were just going to play that to the advantage of the, the storyline. And I don't know. They, they Everything is subjective. There is no black and white there's no judge jury execution there for for every single case every single case is not the same and everything should be taken within context again back to context um another case in point chris hardwick is coming back to host the talking dead Uh oh the tuberculosis is spreading (laughs) right and um but kudos for them and amc ran they said after an investigation they're, um, you know, they're allowing him to host the Talking Dead again. Um, that, that, that's for now, by the way. Who knows? I mean, there could be well, a backlash I, to that I, decision. Well, the, the interesting thing was he was one of the cases where, you know, the, the person came out, made all these accusations, and said, if you, just, if you fight me on this, I have tapes and I have footage and I'll flood the media with it. And and he didn't get into a pissing contest in public, but he defended himself. Um, and these, uh, this evidence never came forward. But what did come forward is three or four ex-girlfriends who came forward who said, no, I've 
had a relationship with him, he's been nothing but this. There wasn't like all these co-workers. It who, wasn't a pattern. Right. And, 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 and it, this probably, and, and we can't say, it, it, I shouldn't say it probably didn't happen, but the fact that nobody else had come forward and said it, that no other co-worker had said, I seen him be abusive, or yes, he talked to people in a demeaning way. And, and like I said, two or three or three or four other girlfriends, yes, his wife you know, came to his defense, his mother-in-law came to his defense, but I thought it was more impressive than exes. And yet, who had no horse in the race, right? And no other thing surfaced. Nobody else came forward from ten years earlier, right? From five the years woodwork, earlier. The, they opened the woodwork and they found nothing. And 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 this this you know the girl who made the accusations to this day, <clears throat> this evidence never came forth that she said. And at the same time, he did, and again, <clears throat> didn't get into it, didn't litigate this in the court of public opinion too much. But he did, or his publicist released a series of tweets where. After she said, you know, he did all these awful things, uh, they broke up, and months and months later, she was still trying to get back with him. She had an affair on him. He broke up with her, and then five, six months later, he sends her these messages saying, you know, we're done. Please leave me alone. It's time to move on. Yeah. And six months after that, she comes back saying, oh, he was this horrible. Well, he was, anyways. But no, I really do. I'm with you with commending AMC for going through due process right. you know not like saying oh uh you know the there's an accusation there's a little bit of a pitchfork and torch call to fire chris hardwick um we're gonna fire him uh you know sign seal delivered that's it they actually put him on you know they took him off immediately they took him off the air launched a months-long investigation I guess they did their due diligence. Turns out, for good, bad, or indifferent, nothing came of the investigation that really painted a that either corroborated her, her accusations or exacerbated them. And now he's back, or they say he's going to be coming back again. Things will change, you know. The, like for now, AMC is saying yes, we're going to go forward with it. But who knows if if there's that big of a groundswell. I keep saying groundswell, but if this is a, that big of a backlash to this response, then maybe, who knows, they might cave. The only, the only negative response I've heard came from Kathy Griffin, yeah. who was real. And, and I, 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 I don't want to be this guy, but I will say, like, they posted a picture of her where she, you know, and it's, they're not trying to find the most flattering picture of her, but I think she's had a rough go of it since her Trump thing in the first couple months. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's like, it is physically taken a toll on her but again it's like you know it's one of those things where amc didn't just say oh we did an investigation blah 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 but here's all the evidence here's why we felt that and again you know nobody else had come forward in these months and and the way that these things have taken shape over the last couple years or especially last year is one person bravely steps up or says something and then it turns out it's a pattern but uh also, and it didn't get as much coverage, is uh, Nev Shulman, if I'm saying his name right. He has the MTV show Catfishing. Okay. Have, have you ever seen that show? I don't you, watch MTV anymore. You know, You know about the Catfishing yeah, show? Yeah, I know what Catfishing is, and I think I know what the show's about. Yeah, so he did a documentary, a big documentary. He was catfished that, he, that MTV's turned into a show, and it's been on for like three or four years. Management watches it off and on. Same thing. Somebody made an allegation against him. MTV put the show on hiatus, which I always, I agree with, you know, on some things, but it's one of those, 
So all the people who work in craft services and lighting and all these stuff, they get you're out of work because somebody made this accusation, which I get why you have. But they did another month and a half, two month investigation. Talked to hundreds of people who've been on the show, worked on the show, you know, past, present and stuff like that and weren't able to verify the accusations and weren't able to find you know, any kind of pattern or anybody coming up and they reinstated his show. So, yeah, and it's one of those things where I, I do, you want to, you want to believe somebody at their word. Uh, but you with, take all allegations seriously. But what, and again, you know, it's like when you have the Duke lacrosse thing, when you have now a couple public of these, uh, it does. I, I, I feel bad because do these guys ever get their reputation back? That's, you know, what you can't prevent that. I mean, you're not going to, if AMC said, you know, in the Chris Hardwick situation, if AMC said, eh, f- you know, fuck Chloe Dykstra, you know, we're sticking with our man, Chris Hardwick. He ain't done nothing wrong. Go fuck yourself. He, look how bad that would have been. So when some, you know, you hope and pray that, you know, not everybody does, not everybody leads the most pious life style. People make mistakes. People are do, people do bad things and people do things that are, bad in the situation but on a global scale it's like oh my god this guy's the next hitler do you know what i mean so you know he may have treated her poorly um but not or he may have been upset that she had an affair on him broke up with her right and, then and six we don't months later exactly we there's 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 obviously more things out there that lend to her being the wrong in the wrong person, the person who had done the wrong thing in that, I don't know. The jaded lover. The jaded just... lover, exactly. So, you know, but it, again, it's it's not a bad thing to, you can't ignore victims and allegations. You can't, you know, undermine them or you can't just brush them under the table. But at the same time, you can't ignore due process. You got it. has got to be a balance. You're going to be like, okay, we take the allegations seriously. We're going to, you know, halt tape, stop, you know, stop the presses. Let's look into this. Make sure that everything's fine and that he's not really a scumbag who beats people and, you know, keeps people chained up in a basement. We don't really got a Dexter on our hands. Exactly. And then if it turns out that this is that what he did was tolerable, albeit maybe, eh, whatever, um, or if there's nothing there, then, you know, hire him back and hopefully make amends. And, yeah, you know what? Time does heal all wounds. Mel Gibson was in the fucking Daddy's Home Part 2. So go fuck yourself, everybody who thinks that we can't get, you know, Chris Hardwick, you know, this time, like, time heals all wounds. That is amazing. Mel Gibson with, because it wasn't a one rant thing with him. He's had a number of. He was recorded saying, I hope that you get fucked by a pack of n-words right um like uh, sweet tits with the sugar tits S- sugar tits with the sugar with, tits. yeah with the with the with the female cop so you know there is and you know and even roseanne roseanne said horrible things and got a show out of it but then she took it too far she didn't learn her lesson um and then did you see her apology her meltdown tour is i un- thought the bitch was why <laughs> jesus christ and jesus and of course that's her son filming her so he can that's why he's laughing to her reaction as she's smoking away why did they upload that i don't know why no no that's one of those is that things. a big f you like this is gonna be fu- like 
fuck it. Like the 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 attention that my mom's gonna get from me uploading this is gonna far outweigh. Like, or did they have a powwow and say, you know what, just just put it up there, put it all up there? Like, did she mandate that he put it up there? Like, that's fascinating to me. You know, because that wasn't live. It wasn't on. Like, she went on. She did go on Sean Hannity. I didn't see that. Uh, nor do I want to because it's Sean Hannity. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Unless it's Sean Hannity, you know, stepping onto a plane, giving the peace signs <laughs> like Nixon, and flying off into the sunset, never to be seen again. I'm not watching it. No. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to touch on this really quick. So, and, and neither Joe or I have advocated, would ever advocate violence or property destruction. However, I was not driven to tears that somebody jackhammered um, the jackhammered. Uh, um, the Trader in Chief's star on the Walk of Fame. You bloated, saw that? Yes, Blotus is, yeah. So what What I love today, did you see it? Uh, are you talking about the the proposed new replacement star? No, I'm oh. talking about the, the, the damaged star. That area um, has like the police tape around it and it's being guarded by two guys dressed in Soviet uniforms <laughs> with the Soviet flag. Is that a real thing or a it's, Photoshop? It, no, it's a real thing. So a couple, you know, couple of guys, and, and I mean, they're all in. They are just standing, watching guard over, completely, completely stoic. Great. They're like the Buckingham Palace type kind of seriousness. They got like, and these poor sons of bitches, it's not cool there. And no, they, it's like 110 degrees. They got the wool hats on, the big <laughs> jackets. You gotta Who's check it out. Like what, or are they just in for, I, I, no, in for the win? I don't know. I don't care. I love those two gentlemen. I don't know if there's going to be around the clock people rotating doing it, but they're dressed in full Russian garb with the flag. It's awesome. What I saw on Twitter was a proposed replacement star that said pickaxe guy. <laughs> and there was like a pickaxe logo <laughs> instead of like the TV logo. Uh, if there's a GoFundMe for that, I, I, I'm in for ten bucks. Uh, pay cash. <laughs> we pay I, cash. I definitely am. Um, but you know, speaking about. I, by the way, I've lo- I, my recorder usually has a count up, and it doesn't. I don't know what time we have now. So we could have been talking for 25 minutes. I don't know. Do you have a timer running? No. What? I, you <laughs> I son I, of I, a I, bitch! Leave my mother out of this. Anyway, <laughs> which, by the way, one of my little guys called me that. Wait, swallow first. One, I, I know you've heard that before. Me too. Yeah. Um, one of my little guys called me a son of a bitch. Go figure, because I'm a bad parent. And I, instead of getting mad, I'm like, oh, I'm a son of a bitch. So that means Grammy is a bitch. No, I didn't say that. You... Let's call Grammy. Let's call Grammy right now. No, Papa, don't. It's like, I didn't mean to. That's not my parenting. Maybe that is my parenting tip for the week. Oh, you're sneaking up on me, eh? But, you know, you got to be careful what you say. Otherwise, you could get thrown off of YouTube. Isn't that right, Alex Jones? Uh, we didn't get thrown off of YouTube. We got a temporary ban. Uh, I think it's we a... Had only about five, we, we, we had uh, five videos deleted and uh, uh, you know, temporary ban put in place. And it's uh, a 90-day? by the deep dark state, what? <laughs> a 90-day? Is it a 90-day? I don't know. I, I, I don't uh, follow the, uh, the uh, Gregorian calendar, nor do I follow <laughs> the uh, 24-hour cycle that you humans do. So I, I, w- I was happy. You know, again, I'm all for, you know, the, the first, I am the big First Amendment, you know, guy, like taking a knee, doing this. I agree with 
awful people being able to say awful things, but there is a line Good. between. All right, now here we go. <laughs> between hate speech and uh, this and, podcast, doubt <laughs> <without> it. <laughs> So, I've also got kicked off by Facebook for 30 days. By the way, uh, the day after I get kicked off of Facebook, or the day I get kicked off of Facebook, uh, Facebook loses $100 billion in va- value. Go figure. They, Coincidence? I think not. <coughs> Read my series of books from Time Life, <laughs> Mysteries of the Unknown. They did. It is a uh, the deep state conspiracy. The what? The deep state conspiracy. Uh, the day they kick off you, sir. You, you, you know, and and, uh, and did the whole Infowars get taken off, or was no, it just Infowars.com is still up and running? I think I don't know. I have uh, a couple of shadow sites that also uh, are mirrored uh, Infowars.com. You can go to Amazon.com slash Infowars. You can find it right there. Oh, the dark web. You're all over the dark web. Darkweb.com slash Infowars. You can get the t-shirts. They, uh, but they did like yesterday as a recording of this. I think it was yesterday or Wednesday. Facebook in one day lost the value of McDonald's. Not a McDonald's, not a product that McDonald's sells, but the entire McDonald's. Think about that. This is McDonald's, the biggest chain in the world, chain restaurant in the world. It's got to be, yeah. And in one day, Facebook lost the equivalent. Of the McDonald's franchise. It was the greatest single-day loss by any company in U.S. history, in U.S. stock market history. Um, and uh, the value of, like, for his Mark Zuckerberg's for, Forbes ranking got knocked off literally two pegs. Like, he's, you know, like third on the list now. I don't know if he was number one, but, you know, he's down by... You know, he's down. Coming in at number five. <laughs> you know, but it is. It's down <laughs> two points from last week. It's Mark Zuckerberg and, and Facebook. It's one. <laughs> and now, a dedication. It's for my dog, Snuggles. <laughs> uh, what the fuck are we doing here? I, I told you, we coming out of these high tempo records, going right into a fucking dog dying. I mean, uh, what the fuck? What are we, Alex Jones? Oh, uh, I take offense to that, sir. Two, three, four, go on. I'm just going to sit back because that, no! that was a highlight. Nobody wants that. You know, but it's funny to lose that much money and still be in the top three, five. To be in the top one million people after losing that much money in one day. So is he in the top 2% now? Like, does that? <laughs> and we don't get any of this news here. We, we get no news from around the world. We get no news that isn't, you know, uh, you know, Cadet Bones Burst 24 hours a day. I mean, literally for the last two years. Now, my Twitter feed, I have the words Trump literally removed from my feed. Oh, that's good. I blocked the word Trump. And, I, and I'm an asshole for probably no. doing it. I blocked him from my Twitter feed, and I blocked literally the word Trump and Capricorn. Why did I block Capricorn, <laughs> you ask? <laughs> that would be the price is right. <laughs> but, uh, but no, what, what is, uh, what's sad about not getting news from around the world Facebook and Google is getting fined and kind of, you know, put into check in in countries all over the world. There are places that have, you know, that also have free speech, but also say, you know, have regulations against hate hey, speech. You can't have hate speech. You can't be taking money from dark sources to put fake information out there. I'm dead serious. It's like they have been fine, like Google. And of course, they're the biggest companies in the world. So you find them, you know, $5 billion. That's a half a day. You know, by lunch, they've made those profits back up. If this- Germany's telling you you've gone too far, <laughs> you know there's a problem. Is uh, So what happens now with Facebook? I mean, what what Nothing do they do? No, they, they 
they huddle, they regroup, they um, turn out some. They, they, first of all, they 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 PR the fuck out of this. They turn up their marketing strategy. They might put out some more like feel good commercials in about three months. That uh, oh, with the new Facebook, you know, we don't uh, tell you to. You know, see Kyle, and <laughs> you know, you uh, say sick. <laughs> uh, but you know, they'll 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 spin this around. People aren't gonna jump off of Facebook. I mean, people will quit Facebook like they quit everything else because they're bored with it. You know, the, if Facebook gets to the point, you know what you know what'll make them quit Facebook when you start charging for Facebook, right? You know, once they stop losing that ad revenue. So badly that they, well, yeah, you know, you know, because right now, by the way, I'm still paying for YouTube Premium, just cause, like, I probably should not be, like, that's a probably. I bought YouTube Premium so I could watch Cobra Kai, which was fucking awesome. But I've watched Cobra Kai. I can now cancel my Is there subscription. Anything else that you would watch? I watch YouTube all the time, but my theory is that I want. I, I like the ad-free aspect. I like being able to play it on my phone. You know, without how you know to put the lock screen, it's like little things. But at the same time, it's also kind of helping out the the smaller mom and pop kind of YouTube creators in a way. So I'm like, eh, what the fuck? I'll just kind of, I can, it's I can, eight bucks, yeah, uh, thirteen. But you know, <laughs> what's thirteen dollars amongst friends? Uh, four twelve packs of moxie. <laughs> I think. But getting back to the Facebook point, that's when they'll you'll start seeing people nosedive when they go, Oh, if you like Facebook, you're gonna love Facebook plus. <laughs> it's only four ninety five a month. I'm Casey Kasem. And now back to our top count, count, countdown. <laughs> God damn it. I told you not to do a parody of me with some guy who doesn't know what he's fucking talking about, who doesn't know how to fucking talk. Those I guys agree. are from England, and who gives a shit like that whole? Because he's talking about U two, and U two is oh, a gigantic. I, yet. I don't think I heard. That. I mean, maybe if I did, the, the best copy. And anybody who doesn't know, just put Casey Kasem rant into YouTube. Mm-hmm. But he was one of the things he was ranting about was U uh, two, and he's like, and that was you know Bono and the Edge, and like, and, and who the hell are these guys? They're from England, and no one gives a shit. They're not from England. Yeah. That's I, yeah, right. You know that I know that yeah. Casey Kasem did it because they weren't gigantic yet, and so somebody, um, you know, who recorded that, uploaded it. I will find it. I will send it to you so you can put it in the carnival personnel. I'll do such thing. He, um, they do uh, a gazoo version of the streets have no name <laughs> under the entire rant, oh, and great. it is it is epic. But yes, snuggles. Yeah, right. Um, Anyways, so, so a, a couple other funny things or fun things. Finally, with all the information out there, with the Mueller investigation, with Cohen getting ready to flip, finally, 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 the House is talking about impeachment, Joe. Finally. Seriously putting in um, uh, official paperwork to start impeachment process. Are you, are you, you don't seem excited about this. I'm waiting for the punchline. There's oh, no punchline. Yes, there is. The, I know the punchline. And it is. It's not Trump's impeachment. <laughs> it's Rosenstein. They're trying to get rid of the sec because because um, Borgart Sessions, uh, the racist in chief, there. Foghorn Sessions, thank you, thank you. He he or had Keebler to, Sessions. Or Keebler Sessions. There you go. Um, he had to recuse himself from this, so the second in command has to oversee the Mueller investigation, and they're trying to impeach him so that they can install somebody new who will then 
you know, and 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 this is great. I mean, it's it is soap opera now, but just the latest on that. You know, the Russian woman who was who is in jail now, and it turns out she had big, big, big links to the NRA. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Where's Dana Lesh, by the way? She, she's kind of uh, gone. I, I think her, she, her and Mike Pence are hiding out in the same bunker waiting for this storm. But she has. She has taken off all uh, on her, like, LinkedIn and her public, like, bios and stuff like that has taken off all... NRA, uh, NRA stuff. She even went on like Fox News and wasn't introduced as like an NRA spokesperson or, a, uh, but it, it is. It's so it's like we talked like last week that it's it, it was proven that the Russians gave the NRA money to give to Trump. So the solution was they don't have to disclose this on their taxes anymore. But the only thing that's changed in a week is Michael Cohen's getting ready to. Fl- it's funny. I don't know if he's getting ready to flip or if he's waging the war in public. It's like. I got all this information, Donnie. You know, little help, yeah. little, little help, lifeline. No, okay, let's go to you know, <laughs> Mueller. How about you? You yeah. know, um, yeah, to the highest bidder, basically. And that's what he, that that all this stuff is happening. And what I love, I do. I, I just big boobs. Lo- yes. Can we talk about boobs? And say, yes. But Rudy Giuliani, like he comes out. Uh, what was it? Two nights ago, he was on CNN when the news broke. And he was like, why would you possibly trust a guy? And it's like, you, you, you said it because you tweeted this. Um, did I? Yeah, you, you, you made a comment. You had the face of him. Oh, no. Somebody said, well, how, did he, how, did he, how do people say, how can he say this with a straight face? And I commented back to that person. I wouldn't exactly say Rudy Giuliani has a straight face. Do you remember what the quote was? Uh, no. He said something along the lines of like... Oh, he's a pathological liar? He's a, he, he's been, li- you know, he's been lying for, you know, Trump for years. You can't trust somebody who's been lying. And it's like... And I'm trying to... I, you know, well, I know what you're going for is that he basically denounced... Uh, he, he put down Michael Cohen as a liar on CNN last night. Uh, rewind to May... When he's talking about Michael Cohen, he's like, well, you know, he's just an upstanding guy. Of course, he wouldn't hire, you know, Trump wouldn't hire somebody who uh, was, isn't trustworthy. Isn't trustworthy, yeah. So, lo and behold, a Republican lied, and uh, yeah. But how much do you love Sasha Baron Cohen? I mean, I cannot wait I wish for I could love show. him more. I, I, um, yeah, I don't have showtime, so I'm just, you know... I'm just like suckling on the little teats of videos that are leaked out every week from Showtime on YouTube, and they're great. And like, you saw the latest one? Oh yeah, absolutely. The guy uh, Jason Spencer or something like that. Uh, he was a Georgia state legislator who was forced to resign um, because he said the N word, pulled down his pants um, during. And, a and why did he pull down his pants? Well, the 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 Israeli army or the Israeli like soldier character that Sasha Baron Cohen plays, who is giving a military training on how to protect yourself against um, terrorists or, um, you know, anybody untoward that might be threatening harm to America. Uh, What you must do is you must pull down your pants and come toward the terrorist, but you warn them that if they touch you, your buttocks, he he will become a homosexual. So you have to do it. And And he... And the guy did it. They got Drops his pants. They're in a they're in a gym, um, with the pads on the floor, and kind of like when you're sparring or training for boxing, they're doing the the whole 
um, you know, how to defend yourself against a terrorist. And apparently this method was to drop your trousers and your underwear and back into the terrorist with your ass, telling them that if you touch his ass, you will become a homosexual. Which is true. Yeah, yeah. That's how it works. Right. Right. Yep. Okay. And, and he, uh, you know, said the, the N-word and the sand N-word. Oh, it, because the thing is, you have to startle the, the, the perpetrator, and so one of the, mo- the most offensive word in the English language is the N-word. So uh, you need to get people's attention, because if you just cry out for help, people might not just take you seriously. But if you yell out something so shocking, everybody will come running to see who's, who's yelling these things. So there he is, pants around his ankles. Yeah, this one he didn't have the pants around his ankles, but he's yelling the N-word. The, like the over N-word. and over yeah, and over. Yeah, right, he's yelling it. And then the Sasha Baron Cohen goes, "No, no, no, not that, not the the N word is nuni. It's like not that that word. That's that's disgusting. <laughs> so, but now, did this guy was this a hidden camera thing? No. Oh no. Okay. No, he signed a release for, for, beforehand. I'm sure. Okay. So and there then, was lights and cameras and mic'd up. And, and he said the word sand N word regarding Muslims and so called terrorists. Into the mic, into the camera. Is there a difference? Two, three, <laughs> If you if you think I should edit that out of the podcast, <laughs> call the hotline. Um, but the the great thing about this, a little footnote, is this guy was five months away from achieving a um, a milestone in his career. If you serve eight years on this legislature, you get health care benefits for the rest of your life or something like that. No. It's an all or nothing in. Like he, he was fired. Like he resigned five months prior before he hit that deadline. So now he's not going to get any of the benefits that were due to him. Um, and it's should he have. Uh, what, what's amazing? It's always amazed me. And I guess shiny lengths. Yes, yes. Uh, when Colbert had um, know your district and better he, know a district, better know a district. The fighting one eighty six. You know, and how many people he got in a similar situation now. I don't think he got anybody to drop their pants and use turning you gay as a weapon to Only fight terrorism. Only Sasha Baron Cohen and Showtime can. But apparently. it was. After a while, you know, the Republicans banned anybody from the GOP going on a show or speaking to him because he had duped so many. And I'm thinking, after the first one, why would you? And, 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 and spe- By the way, speaking of Colbert duping the GOP, he spoke at George W. Bush's White House Correspondence Dinner, I think after I think it was like 2006. The greatest. 2007. The greatest in the history. Like, of all my favorite stand-ups or anything, the fact that he never let up. And, and, and talk about a room that was not. And whoever fucking booked him. I mean, to this yeah. day... That guy had to be not fired. He, you know, he was floating in the Potomac by the morning, and he's standing right next to George Bush, saying that it wasn't like roasting him from across the room. I think he pretty much called him a war criminal to his face. My favorite line. Or stop short of it. My favorite line was: "This man believes what he believes. He is stoic in his conviction. He believes the same thing on Wednesday that he believed on Monday, no matter what facts came to life on Tuesday." <laughs> and it was like, but the whole thing. It's like Sasha. Shabar Cohen, I, he's gotten a bunch of these guys. Now, what's really funny is Blotus just recently said, oh, he's too smart that 
Cohen tried to get him with Borat a few years ago, and he caught on. He left because. But isn't it, didn't, didn't Donnie Two Scoops just take a prank phone call on Air Force One like a week ago from Stuttering John from the Howard Stern Show? Yeah, he's no longer with the Howard Stern Show, but yeah, the guy who did Stuttering John, John Melendez, he has his own little podcast or something going on, and he uh, worked the channels because that's what he did for Howard Stern. Essentially, like he didn't do like that much of. Uh, of a prank where they do do just elaborate thing, but he knew how to work the system. He knew what to say. And yeah, so Donnie two scoops is not immune and the people around him are not bulletproof. Um, so I guess, uh, I guess that's the podcast. I don't know. Right. Oh, there's more. No, I, I, you know, I'm not even, we won't even get down to it, but, you know the whole because we've we've already talked about pedophilia enough, but the guy running for to take over Paul Ryan's, who now over a hundred wrestlers from Ohio State have come forward and said we made these complaints while he was there. He chose to do nothing about it. It's not one person, not two people. Over a hundred athletes have come forward now, and and what does the GOP do? Is he is he has he been shown the door like Al Franken or Elliot Spitzer? No, he is now being put up to be the Speaker of the House. If you're a pedophile, or turn a blind eye to pedophilia. If you know you're Roy Moore, you can't. He's not a pedophile. He's a pedophile sympathizer. It, it, I don't see much of a difference. Um, but you can't way. be in the GOP, Frank. No, I cannot. But I'm middle class. I'm fat. I'm white. I'm yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but on that happy note, uh, I'm glad we didn't talk about that. I'm glad we didn't talk about that. But you no, know, so so I can keep this moxie uh, habit going. Right, where the moxie flows like wine. Does it flow? Not really. No, it's more of a swill. I'm, I'm gonna. Should I'm, you be able to chew it? <laughs> And I'm like, was it a mistake that I got the diet? <laughs> right. Why did you go full moxie? Yeah. Uh, you know, next week. Don't pull your punches when it comes to moxie. <laughs> Dare to dream. All right. I, I think they're a defunct sponsor. I think you bought the last of the moxie. And uh, speaking of defunct sponsors, here's our defunct sponsor of the week. And for the great taste of orange, we got the juice, we got the juice, we got the fresh, we got the taste, mandarin orange, we got the juice, in mandarin orange slice, slice, slice. So football camps open this week. Of course, like the palace drama going on. (laughs) Oh, sorry, I drank some moxie by accident. (laughs) Go on. Uh, the palace drama, I, and and I said a couple weeks ago, I'm still not getting sucked in. I don't care. You, you you know, on my Twitter feed, you see things where people like text me, "Oh, did you hear this?" I really don't care. I'm not sure how much I am going to care. Um, the only thing that uh, you know we talked about last week that I care about the Garoppolo trade is now he's dating a porn star, and good for you, kid. Yeah, baby. Um, no, I don't. And there's nothing I. When I made this rundown, I'm like, there's nothing going on in sports I really care about at all right now. I don't even care about the Mass Pirates. And, and we got our last home game coming up next week and in a playoff game the week after. And, and, and literally, the interest is less than zero at this point for pretty much everybody involved. But then Joe, of all people, you sent me a Boston sports story last night. So my wife... 
she was on Facebook, and for some reason, this popped up. I guess it's like the 20th anniversary or something like no, that? No, no, it's like, it was 95. Yeah, it was 95, not 98. So, 95, the Boston Garden, the original Boston Garden, where the Celtics won 16 championships and the Bruins won two. They uh, won five. <laughs> they won five, you son of a bitch. Um, they, um, they tore down the Boston Garden in 1995. And uh, later that year, uh, they were about halfway through the demolition when apparently they found something. And I didn't know about this story, but it popped up, like I said, in my wife's Facebook page, this resurrection of the story about the legend of the Boston Garden monkey. Apparently, legend had it for years, there was a monkey living in the Boston Garden, in the rafters. Sustaining on probably snack foods or something. Like after the, the little animation of him eating a half a hot dog and a beer. Yeah, you're referring to the clip that I sent you, which apparently was an ESPN short. It was like eight minutes long. It was uh, narrated by Lenny Clark. And he was regaling the story and the legend of the Boston Garden Monkey. And um, how it was talked about and kind of rumored about for years, but never confirmed. And even after the Boston Garden was torn down, apparently there were rumors that construction workers found the carcass of said monkey in the rafters, uh, kind of wedged between like the trusses and the and the concrete or something like that. So, and it was mummified. It was like a, it, it wasn't, you know, how old were because they allegedly could, that the monkey. One of the big things, one of the big things in the garden, since the garden was there, was Ringling Brothers Circus, which the Bruins and the Celtics had to schedule around Ringling Brothers for decades. And one year, a monkey got loose. Many monkeys got loose. In the 30s, there was, you can, it's all in the piece, but apparently in the 30s, about 11 monkeys got loose and maybe six were claimed or something like that. Um, But obviously, this monkey wouldn't have been the same from the 30s. But there was rumors, like in the 80s, that, you know, apparently Larry Bird, according to the documentary, had seen the monkey or something like that or heard about it. Or, I don't know. Um, long story short, too late, the, they, the, they find the construction worker who had the monkey, who basically hid it from his supervisors. They, he took the fucking thing home. Like, he carried it around with him for times. Um, he had it in his shed for, what, 20 years but they but they they had three guys who were there the day it was found and they were all talking about the pictures that they took they posed this monkey corpse like with a shovel and a cigarette in his mouth and holding a dunkin donuts cup um yeah and it was sort of like a mascot that they just it was like talk about gallows humor so fucking creepy it is so stay classy boston right well i mean you know and even like the other two construction workers who were working with the, the guy who actually physically took the monkey home, said, like, Johnny's a character. If anybody took home the monkey, it would have been Johnny. <laughs> and you see pictures of John holding, I think his name's John, holding, like, the monkey, like, on his, like, as if they were, like, climbing up his shirt. Um, and then the, the piece de resistance is when ESPN's crew went there to film him in the shed where he had the monkey carcass, Apparently one day it had been like sweltering heat and there must have been some critters or something that got to it. I, it. Basically, the carcass 
was like dissolved, almost gone. It ceased to be. It ceased to bright. Right. And this this monkey wouldn't boom if you put thirty thousand volts through it. So he did, however, keep the skull of the monkey in like a little Tupperware. It wasn't even covered. It was like like it was just lined with. Well, Johnny's paper. a character. Johnny, that fucking Johnny. You give him fucking three monkeys, man. He'll go to fucking town. Um. Fucking Johnny, man. Um, yeah, they weren't weirded out. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's weirder, the guy, because he talked about, yeah, for months, he carried it around in his toolbox. He brought it with him to sites, and people would be like, oh, man, do you got the monkey? You know, because he was, you know, that's the way construction works. You know, you, you don't know what site you're working next type thing. And it, it became like his little personal mascot. He was a real hit at the bar. <laughs> And what's creepier that the guys thought that that was great? Yeah. Well, that he kept that thing for years. I know. It was just, but it was this odd story. And I'm like, oh, Jacques must know about this. Nope. That was news to me. So there you go, folks. Check out the story and the legend and the history of the Boston Garden monkey. It was a thing. And uh, so that's it for sports this week because (laughs) there is no this week in the USFL because the USFL wraps. Always wrapped, always wrapped. It lasted three years. It's three years. It, it's uh, its final game, its championship game was always played from like in sweltering heat, from like the seventeenth to like the twenty fourth. Like you know, um, so yeah. So there is no more. But Biff, get ready because you're going to start doing your this week in WHA hockey. Um, well, that's what you know. J- jumping back to politics, uh, Biff. Biff wanted to. Um, me to make sure that I knew that the five people that Mueller uh, investigation against uh, Manafort had to be like their identities be unsealed, and one of them was Bernie Sanders' campaign manager. Like, you know, had had ties to the same people that Manafort did. I don't know enough about that, but I will look into it. We will talk about it next week, and I will say, you know, no, not all the people I cheer for. You know, I agree with everything that they've ever done. So, um, like a certain Mr. Brady or a certain, certain Mr. Kraft or right, a certain right. Mr. Belichick. Or, I don't even, no, I'm not even going down that. We, we want to talk about sports. That fucking Johnny, man. <laughs> he's a fucking nutcase. What are you playing? Oh, actually, I don't have to ask Joe what he's playing this week. When I got to do the <laughs> podcast, he was uh, with his Star Trek uh, pinball emulator going to town. We talked about that. That's old news. But it was fun. It was, you know. Um, so so what new game? Do you got anything? You want to do the re- Just do re- the old random. All right. Why not? Random video game review. And give me some fresh video games. Something 1998. <laughs> so Jacques getting up, lumbering over. Let's go, Sparky. He's going to check out the video game wall of pathetic shame that resides in my basement. He's going to go grab a disc-based game. Yawn. <laughs> Off the wall. What was I supposed to grab? Uh, you know, the old-fashioned Nintendo games that nobody gives a shit about. You think people don't give a shit about Nintendo <laughs> games? They really don't give a shit about PlayStation 2 games. Well, you'd be surprised. I would friend. be surprised. You'd be surprised. Is it a PlayStation 2 game? It is a PlayStation 2 game. Ah, uh, let's see here. Um, let's. It's. Oh, gosh. I'm gonna say it starts with uh, an S. No. I give up. Who gives? Is it, a, is it a Star Trek? No, it's not even close to this. Oh, God. Um, I give up. I don't know. Eh, I've, I've stopped caring. Ah, 
Looney Tunes back in action. I have played this game. Oh, well, that's a go. Okay. That's a plus. There you go. Now we're chugging yep. along. Yep. Now we're cooking with gas. The hunt is on. Play as Bugs and Daffy on their globetrotting adventure to find the mystical blue monkey. Monkey Diamond! There's a word monkeys in the title. Uh, in the description. <laughs> Looney Tunes back in action. This was... I guess this kind of came, came out around the same time as um, the movie. Looney Tunes back in action. Um, this was a like 3D platformer. It's kind of like um, Super Mario Brothers 64. You know, like... A 3D platformer is like Super Mario Odyssey, you know, where you have a 3D, 360 degree world, but you're jumping around and going up and below and stuff like that, trying to collect items. It's kind of like that, but you're playing as Bugs Bunny and Sylvester the Cat and Daffy Duck, and it's okay. You know, it's it's a little clunky. I think the camera had some issues. Um, it's a kind of a meh game. I mean, it's so meh that I had to reprint the cover. I don't know why I did this. I don't know why I, wait, why I wasted <laughs> precious ink on reprinting the cover to Looney Tunes back in action so I could put it in a proper DVD case. So you 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 bought it somewhere just the yeah it was like a, right like a disc only GameStop kind of thing I think I don't even know I don't even know how I stumbled upon this if it came like in a lot of other things or if I you know actively saw this and said that's my video game <laughs> um, I don't know it's a it, it's kind of a mediocre game. It's nothing to write home about or do a podcast about, but here we are. <laughs> what do you think you paid? Nothing. I didn't pay damn thing for it. I don't know. Did I? Maybe I did. If I were to buy this, if I were, you know, drunk and just surfing the web and said, fucking Looney Tunes. You know, I love this Johnny. He's Johnny. a fucking character. And bring the monkey yeah, over. Oh, yeah. Fucking monkeys and fucking ducks and shit. Um, four bucks. Yeah. What does it say? Eight ninety five. Wow, disc only. Okay, cool. All right. See, that's the See? asking price. I bet I can, you know, talk Christ, them Christian down. them down a bit. I can Christian them down a bit. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. What what are you well, what are you watching? I know what management is watching. <laughs> She's finishing up Merlin. What am I watching? But that's in record time. When did she start that? Well, that's only five seasons, and I think they're. I don't know if there are 22 episodes a season, so it's not like NCIS where it's like a network show. So, I don't know. I wouldn't even know what Merlin was on. I think it was on BBC America in the late 2000s, you know, kind of like the Doctor Who, you know. So, anyways, BBC America, they have good shows, but this was like their one of their fantasy shows. Um, whatever. A lot of uh, bustiers, if you, of course it's Hey Now. But what am I watching? Uh Thanks for asking. Nobody's ever asked me what I'm watching. <laughs> you know, I'm always guessing what you're watching, but it, here it's interesting that you're asking what I'm watching. You know, it's fun to get a different perspective on things. Yeah, is it hot in here? I'm trying to be thorough. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck am I? What, I don't know, YouTube? Oh, where was I? Oh, I'm, I'm watching a little bit of Joel McHale's show. Now, the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale on Netflix, it used to be a weekly thing where they would comment on the most recent pop culture reality show type shit, but this season they did six episodes kind of in a row like they so it's binge worthy so it's all pre-recorded it has nothing to do with you're watching then not now when will then be now soon but it's fun i'm watching a couple episodes of that um oh and i also watched ready player one and eh it's all right 
I is, like it. Is it because it was hyped too much that, oh, Joe's going to love this. It's about video games from the 80s. Right. You're going to love this, nerd. Um, it's, I think, I was, I'm kind of lukewarm to a lot of recent, uh, I can't say a lot of recent Steven Spielberg movies because I didn't see Lincoln. I didn't see War Horse. I didn't see like all of his more <clears throat> non-sci-fi things. But uh, The garbage. <laughs> the garbage, as I like to call it. This was okay. It was well done. I like, you know, the message was fine. It was, it played like an 80s movie. It's, it was re- resolved like an 80s movie. I really did appreciate the um, more than one Back to the Future reference in the movie. Um, the soundtrack was cool. You know, a lot of it is CGI. Uh, the characters, in, uh, you know, everybody plays in an avatar in this virtual reality world called the Oasis. Um, I like, I strangely like the oddball creator of the Oasis. I I thought he was great, and the whole twist on it, it was like... Oh, please, give it away. Okay, no, I won't. But there was... What I loved is is the the twist about, like, his one big regret wasn't what everybody thought his one big regret was going to be. Right, so the, the, the plot of the movie is that... It's a, it's a virtual world in which almost everybody in it basically they picture Trump's America ten years from now. <laughs> yeah, the whole world is reality based. Well, virtual in virtual in virtual, and it's the biggest company in the world. Right. It's like fuck Apple. We they 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 founded the Oasis in like the 2020s or something like that, and now everybody has a headset and then like a haptic body suit. If you're really good and you know people like pour real money into this virtual world in order to win points that is worth real money in the in the real world. Um, but, you know, people are, like, losing their minds over their status in the Oasis. But you can be whatever you want to be. You can, um, you know, you can create your avatar around your, basically, whatever your imagination is. But the creator of the Oasis was heavy into 80s pop culture because he was grew up in the 80s. Um, but he had died... And the whole point of the movie is that everybody who's in the Oasis can compete to see who to compete to find the three hidden keys. And then you own the Oasis. You become the richest person in the world. Right. And they have a corporate, you know, there's the bad, evil corporation. Like every Steven Spielberg sci-fi movie, like an 80s Steven Spielberg movie, there's the evil corporation who has like hordes and hordes of professional gamers that are in the Oasis nonstop. And then they take prisoners... And make them play on behalf of it. Right. And to get control of the Oasis, because if this corporation can get control of the Oasis, there's no stopping them. So, um, and then, oh, then there was, there's an ad-free thing in the Oasis. So, like, that was one thing that the creators didn't, didn't put into the programming, is you can't advertise in the Oasis. Um, but anyway, so this one kid who kind of figures out, he, you know, he figures out the, the secret, and then he meets a friend, and he, he meets another friend, and... There's a, there, it's it's a fun movie. I mean, I, now that I'm talking about it, yeah, it's a fun movie, but it wasn't something that I was like, wow, this is changing it. Like, when I saw Scott Pilgrim versus the world, I'm like, shit, man, this is a fucking movie. Like, this is, like, this speaks to me. But nobody told you about it, like, you're going to love this movie. Joe, you have to watch right, this right. for that, six months. Exactly, right. So it, there is something to be said about overhyping a movie, saying you've got to watch this movie. But, but I did, I, I tried not to overhype Scott Pilgrim to you. You did a fantastic job. You're like... You're going to like this. Just watch it. And I can't believe that every week I came back here and you didn't say, go home, watch it, then you can come back because to my house. It w- Because like, like, you know, being married for this many years, you realize if you, 
nag somebody that long, they're, they're, it's only going to make them want to do it less. Like nothing makes want people want to do something less than somebody else, especially somebody that's close to them, nagging them about it. It ruins the fun. So, you know, and unfortunately, I didn't read the book, so I didn't have the immediate reaction that your management, I think, had with Ready Player One because she read the book. Well, how can you tell if somebody read a book of a movie that was made? They tell you right away. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, it's worth a watch. It's not a bad movie. Did you the the and look the commercial gives it away. The poster gives it away. There's one epic battle scene. How much did you love every character you've ever loved in every movie, every game ever? Being, the the fact that they had the old old school. You know, characters, and then, like, there was all these Overwatch characters in right. there. and they had, like, Gundam characters from anime and stuff that I couldn't relate to, they but had I appreciated. They had army of Batman. Like, all, every kind of yeah, variation the, the, of they Batman. Had, I think they had the 66 Batman in there as well. I liked, I liked that part. And in a way, this is kind of like a watered-down, modern version of Who Framed Roger Rabbit in that respect, where, like, you got the Disney characters and the Paramount cartoon characters and the Warner characters all living in the same world. This is kind of like that with pop culture. You know, um, you, uh, the DeLorean plays a heavy role in this. The Iron Giant, Giant plays yeah. a heavy role. But that was sort of given away in the, in, in the... I'm not giving too much away about it. But I don't know. I liked it. It was worth the free down. <laughs> I mean, I paid the for it. it. Yes, I, of course, paid for it. <laughs> this must be this moxie. I think we own it and you have the Apple TV. <laughs> oh, this tastes like a footlocker. <laughs> It's awful. How like do you a, know what a 1980s, like a, no, early 90s Foot Locker? No, it's, you know what? It tastes like a Goodwill. Like, <laughs> if Goodwill put out like a fragrance and you drank it, <laughs> that's Moxie. Oh. Jacques, what are you watching? I. Besides your weight. No, I'm not. We're, we're, I keep saying I got to start. I got to lose 80 pounds this year. Um, Drop the kids off at the school. There you go. Uh,. We, out of Redbox, because we were able to pawn the you know, Dream Squashes off at Grammys, otherwise known as the bitch, because I'm a son of a bitch. So, anyways. Um, Let it go, man. She was nice <laughs> enough to, hey, she stops watching Fox News. I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> but she took the awful children, uh, and we watched Game Night. I cannot recommend Game Night more if I tried. It was... Probably the best movie, and and it was what was great as I knew nothing about it going in, you know. Um, I'm like, oh, rated R dot comedy, you know. I'll I'll, I'll give this a spin, it, dude. It was fantastic. All right, then don't say anything else because you know yeah. you went into it cold. Let our audience go. Yeah, into it cold. I, I, it had it's Jason Bateman. It's Jason Bateman. Who I, I really like Jason Bateman. Right? Isn't uh, like uh, uh, the the Indian. Um, uh, there's like an Indian comedian, Indian American comedian. Is he in that? No, I don't uh, think. Uh, if, he, if he is, I'm trying to go go. Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, but but it is. It, it's fun. A lot of fun twists. Um, Good. It, it is, and it's a modern movie. Game night. Yeah, it just came out. Yeah, 2018. Uh, did really well too. And it's like so because always you can't watch a movie now sitting at home without seeing how. It did on like you know box office mojo and getting to go rotten no, tomatoes. No, you can't. I can't. That's true. And and part of me is like, damn it, it did so well. They're probably gonna make a second. Oh one. yeah, like, right. But it was highly suggested. Well worth. Not only is it worth the dollar seventy five. I'd even would have gone to the two dollar to get the Blu ray version. What? Except why would I do that? My eyesight sucks. <laughs> You could have watched the Laserdisc version and be like, this is great. This is great, right, exactly. Oh, no, it's a copy of a copy of a copy on VHS. 
Fine. Oh, it's SVHS because you know it. You know it is good. So yeah, I, I mean, I would definitely, I would definitely do that. Great. Yeah, there you go. And what about a parenting tip to wrap things up? Yeah, you tell me. You're the parent. You. <laughs> hey. And now a parenting tip <laughs> from Jacques. So. We, you know, we've been battling with the pool all year, and one of the morning rituals is getting the frogs out of the pool. No, that is not a slight on my Canadian friends. <laughs> um, French Canadian. French Canadian friends. Because uh, why would I be friends with the French Canadians? Uh, but seriously, uh, there's always one or two frogs in the pool that you got to get out, which is a pain in the ass because you go down in the deep end. But after it rains, and it's been raining a lot, there might be seven or eight. You know, frogs in there. And it dawns on management and I the other day that, like, our boys are such, you know, not outdoorsy type. They've never held a frog, you know. And it was really, really funny because they were both creeped out and almost afraid to hold a frog. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are such sissies. Uh, And then I go to the drain and there was, like, three frogs in there. It's like, yeah, I don't want to put my hand in there. There's three frogs in there. <laughs> so, you know, before you kill your kids' sissy pants for not wanting to hold a frog, and but I did. I I I manned up, and I and, and they were both like, "Oh, this is so gross." I'm like, "It is." I have no idea why people ever wanted to hold frogs, but uh, but that's my parenting tip: is you know, if you're going to call them sissy pants because they won't hold the frog, nut up and you know, pick it out of the drain yourself and hand it to them. It's not easy being green. It is, and I cannot not call every frog Kermit as we release them <laughs> back into the wild. You know, because you're unoriginal. I really am. hack. But that's you, a, what, you, at least name one of them Pepe. No. Yes, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah, yes, middle aged white guy, fat with a green frog. Yep, hey, got it down. All right, check, check, and check. <laughs> um, so that's the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Follow us on Facebook, Carnival Podcast, on Twitter as well. Not on Instagram because nobody looks at us. You you turn to stone if you look at us. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on Moxie? Let Joe know how wrong he is that Diet Moxie might be the greatest thing since Tab. Or diarrhea in a can, <laughs> label it Moxie, and sell it. You'll make money. Thank you for tuning in. We apologize for so, so many things. If the world doesn't end before the next week's podcast, uh, we'll be back with more nonsense. Uh, But until then, Joe, do not forget...